Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. I am so excited to share today's episode with you because Alex Judd is not only one of my friends, someone I've known for several years, but he brings so many impactful messages in this one podcast episode. You may want to listen to it multiple times. Alex Judd founded a company called Path for Growth, which he does now, out of the belief that everybody wins when a leader decides to intentionally grow every single day. And that's what he talks about in this episode, how all of us are leaders and what we can do to begin to grow every single day. In Path for Growth, they do teaching intensives and coaching that empower impact-driven leaders to define their vision and take meaningful action. Before he started his company, Path for Growth, he served as the host of Dave Ramsey's nationally recognized Entree Leadership Podcast and did amazing work there. Alex also loves endurance sports. He's done 22 marathons and two Ironman triathlons. Absolutely incredible. More than anything, Alex loves people, and you are going to see that come through and how he talks and how he speaks in this episode. He is stubbornly committed to seeing as many people as possible engage in healthy, life-giving, and a sustainable path for growth. Y'all, you're going to learn so much for this episode. So pop in those headphones, go for a walk, go for a run, and let's dive in. Physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. These are the four areas of attraction, or as us insiders like to call it, the pies. Join me, Kimberly Beam Holmes, as we speak with other experts around the world on how to become the most attractive that you can be. Create confidence and find happiness. We will teach you how. It starts with attraction and it starts now. People ask me all the time, Kimberly, which area of my pies should I focus on first? And the answer to that question is the one where you need to see the most growth. That is why I have created an attraction assessment. This free assessment is designed to help you learn what areas of attraction you should be working and focusing on first. This will be the foundation of your journey to becoming a more attractive person to your spouse, to your friends and family, but most of all, to yourself. Click the link in the show notes to take the free assessment today. Alex, I love your emails. So I love how it's called the (laughs) worth it, worth it Wednesday. And it's the one email that's worth it because it's true. Every Wednesday, it's just quick, applicable implementable, all of the things, challenging. I've had quite a few that have been very challenging. Mm -hmm. And so I love your emails. I've listened to some of your podcasts. Love that you're doing a podcast. Love what you're doing. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate that. And and 
the respect is mutual. I I've told you before, Kimberly, I just so admire the work that y'all do, but even more than admire the work that y'all do, I admire the results that it creates. Mm. And like, I've met legitimate people who would say my marriage and therefore my life has been changed by marriage helper. And I know, um, that's connected to this podcast. That's not everything that this podcast is, but I just, uh, I so appreciate your friendship and so appreciate the impact that y'all are making. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Okay. So one of the key reasons I said, Alex would be so great for this. And I went back in my email this morning and I was trying to find what sparked this and I couldn't, but I remember reading or listening to something that you did that was talking about a couple of things that, and I want to ask you questions about all of them, but one of them was about how all of us are leaders. That's going to be a point I, I want to ask you about. But then the second one was about how in order to be an effective leader, which all of us are, how can we manage our time well in order to show up and be our best selves at at everything we do throughout the day? Which man, time management has been killing me for like six months now. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Kimberly. We're going we're gonna to get some work done Dude, today. I'm pumped Alex, about I this. I need you to help me here. <laughs> but it's also been a huge thing I've been hearing from from the listeners as well of just saying, I don't even know how to get the things done or achieve the goals that I want to do because life is, is very reactive right now. So let's start with the first part for those. A lot of the people who listen to this podcast, especially there's uh, not all of them would be listening to leadership stuff, right? Like they may not feel or think of themselves as leaders, but how define leadership. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I, I coincide with people and I would say I recognize this in others because I probably would have at a previous point said this myself, that although they may not use these words, the disposition that they operate with is I'm not a leader. And even more than that, there's a limiting belief associated with it that says I can't be a leader. And if that is you, I want to lovingly tell you, you are wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and that is an incredible opportunity to say that you're wrong with that. But it's also an incredible responsibility because here's the deal. My belief is that if someone depends on you, then you are a leader. Mm. And unless you live under a rock, there are people right now that depend on you. And so the question is not, are you leading? The question is, how are you leading? And I think a lot of people and by extension leaders as elevators, you are either taking people up or you are taking them down, but you are taking people somewhere, right? Like you are not neutral. And so I think leadership more than anything is just this decision to say, I'm going to take people up. Like I, I, I view myself as someone that has influence and as a result, I have people that depend on me and therefore I get this decision to make of where I'm going to take those people and I'm going to consistently every day to commit to taking people up. And so that would be how I address that question. If someone depends on you, you are a leader. I love it. So we have spouses, parents, kids you could even say that kids can be a leader in their own home because there can be their parent depending on them to do chores or get things done. 
or, or their sibling. Yeah, absolutely. Sibling. I totally agree. And sure. and I would even say, like, I, I have met fifth grade kids that own leadership responsibility more and better than CEOs of companies with hundreds of people, right? Because I like I've seen CEOs and coincided with CEOs who the greatest limiting factor to their organization's growth and ability to thrive and flourish is the fact that they cannot perceive themselves as a leader. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, if, if you don't perceive yourself as a leader, then how are you going to grow in leadership? And so we can say that about the CEO, but what we say about the CEO, we should also say about the single mom, mm-hmm. right? Um, if, if we want to grow in leadership, we got to first start by identifying with the thing that we want to grow in. And so, yeah, I would just tell you like, really what the decision to take on the mantle of leadership is, is it's a decision to take responsibility for the influence you already have. And it's right in front of you right now. And so we're just going to start being intentional with that influence instead of being accidental with that influence. Mm. What is your encouragement on how to raise others up when you don't feel raised up? Oh, that's a, that's a really, really good question, Kimberly. I think the I think the temptation is I have to start focusing on raising others up and I have to start taking responsibility for other people. But one of the things that we teach all the time to the business owners that we work with is that you cannot be responsible for people. You can be responsible to people, but you can't be responsible for them, right? And so what I would tell you is that if, first of all, recognize that I can't take responsibility for them growing, but here's what I can do. I can take responsibility for the things that I can control. And maybe some of the things that I can control are the environment that I do my work in or the environment that I'm operating in every single day. Maybe one of the things that I can control is the fact that my bed typically is unmade and now I'm going to start making it so that when I come home or when I'm around my home, I feel like if I accomplish nothing else, I accomplish that. Maybe one of the things that I can take responsibility for is the food and the the drinks and the the fuel that we're putting into our bodies and whether it's making us more of who we were created to be or less than we were created to be. Maybe the things I can re- take responsibility for is how I'm going to respond to people throughout the day. And when we start getting deliberate and purposeful about what I think of as self-improvement in that arena, not Mm -hmm. selfish improvement, and we'll kind of talk about that distinction here in just a second. Yes, let's talk about that. (laughs) It's self-improvement, right? When I get serious about that, you know what will happen is I will start to become the type of person that people are drawn to follow, Mm -hmm. right? Like, People follow people that they want to be more like because everyone operates under the assumption and the understanding that the law of replication is real. We all know that I will become more like the people that I follow. And so if you want people to start following you and if you want people to improve and expand and to start living a healthier life and and to start growing as a person, start growing in their work and to start growing in their faith and growing in their marriage, if you want to do that, the best place to start is become someone that's healthy. Become someone that's growing in your work. Become someone that's growing in your faith. Become someone that's growing in your marriage. Become the type of person that they would want to be and they won't be able to not follow you. 
And, and then you won't be spending time managing other things you can't take responsibility for. You'll start living your life in the fullness of who you were created to be. And, and people will be attracted to that in such a way that they will start doing the same things. And I think that's really what leadership is. It's the difference between being a leader and a boss. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, that I constantly have to push myself in or reset myself in, maybe a better way to say it in this is I can get so into the details and I'm not a detail person. (laughs) You you and me both. Yeah. I hate it. But if, you know, I can, I can lose sight of the vision. And when I lose sight of the vision and the remembering to raise others up and get focused on the problem, that's, that's it. When I'm focused on the problem, that's when I feel like I have no idea what to do. And it's the resetting of it. And when you were just talking about that, it helped me to remember even a, a conversation I had with <laughs> with one of my leaders earlier today where I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do about this. But when I think of it bigger and think of who do I want to be? How do I want to give my influence? How, how can I be someone that can lead them through this instead of how do I deal with this problem? Oh. How can I step back and be bigger or see yeah. bigger? I, I think that's so brilliant, Kimberly. I um Matthew, yeah, I think it's Matthew it. six thirty three, uh mm-hmm. is seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what everyone who listens to this podcast believes. Um I'm I'm a Christ follower and I would never tell you you have to believe what I believe, but I'm also not gonna ignore what I believe. Um and even if you're not a Christ follower, I think there's a principle here that really ties into what you just talked about. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the highest possible ideal. Mm. Like put put your eyes not on the problem. Put your eyes on the possibility. Put your eyes – like if you've got someone you're working with that's just driving you freaking crazy because, by the way, we all have that person that drives us freaking crazy, right? If you've got that person <laughs> – Take your eyes off of all the problems and start putting your eyes on the possibility of what does God have for this person? What does God have for me in this relationship? What does God have for the people around us that we're called to serve? And it's crazy how when, especially if the two of us can start to put our eyes on those higher aspirations, ideals, goals, and and really what is a vision of the creator of the universe and what he wants, not just what I want or what I feel – then it's crazy how those problems, they don't go away, but they solve themselves, mm-hmm. right? And and they seem less important because we're focused more on calling than just momentary distraction. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that even ties into what you were saying earlier of how we can be responsible to others, but we're not responsible for them. So when we see ourselves in that bigger vision and our purpose in it, it's not to control others or get them to do what we want them to do. It's to inspire, encourage, um, influence. You're more of that guide and not the fixer. Gosh, wanting to be the fixer is so <laughs> draining. <laughs> That's right. Or, or I mean, especially if you're in a leadership role, or I've heard this can be something that parents are shut I'm not a parent, right? But I've heard this can, parents can really struggle with this as well. And I think it's just leaders in general struggle mm-hmm. with this. You start taking on other people's problems and challenges, and you start internalizing them mm-hmm. as your own. 
and you look like that man or woman in the airport that walks in with way too much baggage. And not only do you walk in with way too much baggage because you're not just carrying your bags, you're carrying everyone else's, right? You start meeting strangers in the airport and you start telling them, oh, let me carry your bag for you. Let me carry your bag for you. And you can't get to where you're going. They won't let you on the plane because you have so much baggage, right? That's what we're talking. And we just drag it all around with us. We say, I'm taking everyone else's stuff with me. You got to put down other people's stuff because all you can carry is your own. That's a word. Uh, (laughs) I get passionate about this. (laughs) I think I'm literally preaching to me, Kimberly. (laughs) So that's why I think I get so excited about this. Exactly. I feel you. Okay. Earlier you said self-improvement versus selfish improvement. Let's go back to that. Yeah, I I think there's a difference between self-improvement and selfish improvement. And I think selfish improvement is everywhere right now. It's Mm. rampant. And you see it on Amazon in the book section. You see it on Instagram. You see it if you're on TikTok. You see it on TikTok, right? It's everywhere. It's in the news. And, And what is selfish improvement? It's me getting better for the sake of me getting better and then making sure all of you know about it. Right. It is, it is growth for the sake of growth. And it's me just showing off my lifestyle and everything that I'm doing, but it's not rooted in any higher purpose than me. Me, 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 right? I, I've heard a comedian once talk about the me monster. Me, 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 right? It's just like, it's, it's all consuming, right? And you are both the means and the end. And what I want to tell you is I, I think a lot of times we equate that with success. And the lie is that we think that that success and success will create fulfillment. And what's crazy is it's neither because I've, I've talked to people that have walked that path out to almost its entire extreme, right? Where they have outrageous influence, outrageous number of followers. They have the ideal image of what we are theoretically all chasing and they would tell you it was the loneliest day of their life whenever they got there. Right. So so that can't be the right path. Now, at the same time that I had that recognition that it's like there is this world out there that prioritizes and glamorizes selfish improvement, I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, well, Alex, like some of your favorite books are personal development books. Like all of the podcasts you listen to are personal development podcasts. Like you're constantly focusing on how to move forward, how to get better. You founded a company called Path for Growth, right? Like it's focused on growth. Like, so does this mean uh, growth is bad? Does this mean self-improvement is bad? And what what I, I came to the conclusion of was, no, it's not inherently bad. Growth is just a thing. It's why are you growing? Are you growing for the sake of growth? Because I think that growth for the sake of growth is dead, right? If you're just growing for yourself, I think that that will be a mountain that when you reach the top, it will be an incredibly unsatisfying summit. Mm. But I think that there is a purpose that is higher and better and bigger and grander. And I think that purpose is always informed by one phrase, so that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm growing, I'm moving forward, I'm improving, I'm getting better, I'm getting healthy, I'm becoming more attractive to learn, to use the language of this podcast, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So that, right? So that what, right? Well, I think so that others benefit, I'm going to pour into the lives of others, like I'm going to get outrageously strong for the specific stated purpose of spending that strength. And then I just think if you're a believer, it's got to be not even just that others benefit. It's, it's, I'm going to 
grow in such a way that the overflow of how I'm growing serves others exceptionally well. And in doing those two things simultaneously, I am glorifying the God who created me. And that's not like a side gig. That's like the whole point. And I think that that's really the di- like distinction for me of what is the difference? Because there's one that ends that looks good, but ends in a really terrible place. And there's one that I know can result in making lasting impact. And I think that's the difference. It's related to, I think I would say it's related to motive. When I first met you and what you were doing, you were very successful. You were doing very successful things with what you were doing before I met you. And then you left and you started what you're doing now, which, which I love. But what was that decision? Like, how did you make the decision? Was it because there was a motive that came up within you? Was, was it like, how did you figure out this is what I want to move to do and then figure out your so that? Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> the first thing I would say is it took, it, it took not days, it took not weeks, it took months and years, right? To, mm-hmm. to m- make sure that I had it right, you know, and ultimately it's a God thing, right? And like, it's, it's what God really chooses to reveal to you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I assume what you're referring to is I worked at Ramsey Solutions, which many of you are probably familiar mm-hmm. with Dave Ramsey, right? He's um, one of the most incredible leaders, probably the most incredible leader I've ever worked for. The guy is a force. He's just amazing. And, and that, the, like the proof of that is the caliber of the organization that he's built and the caliber of the people and the character of the people that work there. Um, mm-hmm. That organization just does incredible work, right? And so, like you said, it's one thing to go and pursue something that feels like calling or start something new or go create something if you're le- leaving something that's miserable, right? And you're like, well, I hated my job. I hated my life. I couldn't stand the awful leaders that were there and the company was awful. And so I pursued my calling. And and it's like, I can see merit to that. That just wasn't my story. It was like- well, And I'm- you were the podcast host for oh, like yeah. a top 10 business podcast, Entree Leadership. Oh my gosh, Kimberly. Yeah. It's like you're sitting down. I mean, think about this for a second. It's like you're sitting down and you show up to the office and the thing that's on your calendar that day is in two hours, you've got an interview and you literally walk in. All the technology is set up in a studio that costs tens of thousands of dollars to put together. And then John Maxwell's just on the screen waiting to talk to you. And it's like, what? Like, Like, who gets that? And you left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I was I was the idiot that left that, right? And so that that was the scary part is I started to have this inkling of like I I I have this idea of something that I feel called to do and feel compelled to do and it's it's gnawing at me. And it's not gnawing at me a little bit, it's gnawing at me a lot and it's a sustainable gnawing. And so that's the first thing I would say is number 1, if if you're starting to feel that make sure that it's a sustainable gnawing and make sure it's not just an itch, right? Like it needs to be real. Um, and, and it started to be a little bit real and I started to pay attention to that. And and then I think the, the next question you've got to ask is, okay, is this something that I could do here? And, and especially if you're at a place that you love, you owe it to them and to yourself to ask, is there any way this thing that's gnawing at me, first of all, let's define what it is. And then 
could I accomplish that? And could I do that here? And, and because if so, I should probably do that because it will require way less heartache and, and, um, and we'll probably move faster and you'll get to do it with people you love and it won't require as much change. And so you owe it to yourself and to them to ask the question, could I do it here? Uh, but then as you start to answer, ask those questions, it, it, what it really did was it started to break down for me. What is, what is my definition of success? And, um, if my definition of success is popularity and platform and reach and fame and external approval, and if I ever do write a book, having that book be a bestseller, then I would be an idiot to leave Ramsey solutions. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's um, not to say that they don't have a worthy purpose behind all those things. They have an incredibly worthy purpose behind all those things. It's just okay. if that was how I was designing or defining success mm -hmm. and I was pursuing that in itself, then why on earth would I ever leave Ramsey Solutions? But I had a mentor tell me once, I asked him the question, how do you define success? And I was shocked at how fast he answered that question. Because a lot of people, if you ask them this question, they really struggle with it. And it equates to something like happiness, which I just don't think that has enough substance to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's actually correct. And so I asked him, his name is Dan. I said, how do you define success? And he, he responded like that. It didn't, it didn't take a, a, even a hesitation or a pause. And I said, how do you define success? And he said, did I do what God said? Mm. And I heard that and... Mm. That has affected me so much ever since he said wow. that. And that was the definition of success that I brought into this decision-making season at Ramsey. And it wasn't something that I answered rashly. It wasn't something that I answered in isolation. And it wasn't something that I, I felt that I needed to be secret about the fact that I was trying to answer that question. That's the other thing. And I would tell this to people who lead, especially young people in your organization, what was so cool about Ramsey Solutions is I had conversations with them six months before I ever led about the fact that I was trying to figure out how I answer that question. What is God saying and how do I do that? And they were completely open to it. And you should do that as a leader because do you really want someone on your team that isn't doing what God said? No, you, you, I, I can answer that for you. You don't. And so it took for them an incredible amount of like just loose grip leadership to say, we not only do we support you, we want what God has for you regardless of where that puts you. Absolutely, and, and I don't know that I would have had the boldness to make the decision if I didn't have that level of leadership and support yeah. behind it. So I know that's a long and winding answer, but does that kind of shed light on what I you were asking? It. No, it's it's beautiful and just goes back to what we were saying at the at the beginning of you do as a as a we're all leaders, mm -hmm. and our job, our goal, our purpose is to influence others encourage others, edify others. That is how you were led. And that is what led you to be able to do what you're doing now and feel encouraged by it. And isn't that so much better than feeling stifled and controlled and like it's a competition or jealousy, which is what our human nature wants to do. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so correct. Yeah. It's, um, like you said, it's off operating by the flesh or operating by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And 
the thing is, is that operating by the spirit does not always come naturally, right? Or I would say it doesn't come naturally, right? It has to be an intentional decision mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to not walk by my human nature, but I'm going to walk in God's nature that is embedded inside of me. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, I, I one of my words of the year a couple of years ago was based on the proverb that says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight the paths of your feet. And I, I love the back end of that verse because it's like, he will make straight the paths of your feet. It's like, well, that relieves me of a lot of responsibility. That's great. Like <laughs> he's just going to make sure all of this goes well. Awesome. But you know, what's the responsibility associated that I do take on with regard to that verse It's the front, the front half it's in all your ways, acknowledge him like in all of them. Like that's a pretty tall order, right? Like in everything you do, acknowledge. And so what is acknowledge? It's asking where is God in this situation, right? So it's it's having the guts as a leader not to respond out of envy, not to respond out of momentary frustration, not to respond from our base level emotions. It's to attend to the higher angels of our nature and say, God is in the room. I want to be where he is. Mm-hmm. How do I get in on what he is doing? Mm-hmm. And man, I like this is not something I preach from a posture of perfection. This is something that I'm literally mm-hmm. learning right now is I have to tone down Alex if I'm going to be successful at that. Like yeah. I have to be like Alex, you need you need to get become less and Jesus mm-hmm. needs to become more in this conversation so that his presence can be felt and known and accomplished. And you can feel it, can't you? I can feel <laughs> it when Kimberly, like you're, when Kimberly has the the fist coming up, I'm like something's something's here. I need to. <laughs> I, I was to hoping talk. you weren't saying that you can feel it when Alex gets bigger. You're like, I can feel, I can feel it when you're getting a little arrogant, Alex. Like, oh well, <laughs> no, that's I've good never, to know, Kimberly. I've never experienced <laughs> that with you. <laughs> Never. Okay. So let's, let's, I don't even know how to make the transition to talk about time management, which I definitely want to get to with you. We've talked about so much good stuff so far, but it is a part of leadership, right? Leading others well means you lead yourself well. A hundred percent. And, and I mean, I think, so I think the transition would be, we were just talking about Jesus, like, Jesus was someone that was never at a single moment frantic or frenzied. Mm. You know how crazy that is? Like, don't even think about, if we don't believe the same thing, you may not believe that Jesus was the savior of the world and the son of God, right? You may just believe that he was a human being, which most historians say that with intellectual honesty, you cannot argue that he didn't exist as a human being. Mm -hmm. And not only was he a human being, he was a pretty well-documented human being, right? Like we have a lot of literature on the figure and the character of Jesus. And there's not a single moment in all of that literature that says he was hurried or frantic or frenzied or moving fast or his hair was on fire, right? Like that just doesn't seem in alignment with the character and personality of Jesus for Matthew 5, 19 to say, and then Jesus ran from place to place like his hair was on fire because he couldn't accomplish everything he needed to, right? Like it's like that doesn't even sound like a Bible verse because it's not, because that's not who he was. And I think it comes 
to get to the practicality side of this, I think it comes from a distinction that we often don't make on this topic, Kimberly, and it's the distinction between time leadership and time management. And I think there's all these books and all these seminars and all these courses on how to properly manage your time, but unless it's undergirded by proper and intentional time leadership, telling your time where to go, then you're, you're, I mean, you're just shifting deck chairs on the Titanic, right? Like lead your time. Well, decide your priorities, decide what matters most, be a leader, cast a vision for your time. And then out of how you cast a vision for your time, then we can start to focus on management. So we can get more into what that looks like practically. But I just think that Jesus was a guy that defined his priorities very clearly. And then he just lived his days in alignment with those priorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say a couple weeks ago, he said, I don't do to-do lists. I, I block my time based on what I want to accomplish and that's when I'll get it done if it's important. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. I think what I would tell all of you is that look that is what time leadership looks like, is start by defining what are my overarching priorities for this season. And you need to ask that question because if you don't ask that question, you will copy and paste your priorities from the previous season. And that's it. That was where I'm struggling. That was literally when you said that I thought I'm (laughs) stuck because I am using old priorities. Okay. So let's use you. Let's use you as an example. Like what were your priorities in that season? If you're okay being put on the hot seat. Sure, I'm totally fine being put on the hot seat. Great. Okay. So what were your priorities in that season? what I thought I was telling myself I wanted to make time for, which wasn't the same as what should have been my priorities. Oh, So what I have on my schedule and I do the whole time blocking, like during this time, it's all for this, this time, all of that. But what my, what others were telling me, whether that other is a person or a thing was that my time needed to be spent in meetings in working on my PhD, which I do have to do. And this is something I struggle with all the time. Yeah. Um, But also spending time with my husband and spending time with my kids and then needing to do all these other things that were, that I need to do for work. Right. But what I've, and so I had all these things in my schedule to where literally like every hour from 8 a.m to 5 p.m. was blocked in some way. It's still like that. If you look at my calendar right now, Sounds it's exhausting, like Kimberly. <laughs> it is so exhausting, Alex. <laughs> you are so right. But I'm like, this is what I'm, this is going to help me manage my time. I'll know exactly yeah. what to do. But what Okay, you almost used I, the phrase there though, and I would call it everyone attention this phrase. Anytime someone on one of my coaching calls says, but this is what I'm supposed to do, uh, the the immediate question I ask back is says who, says who, R- right? Because it's liter it's it's typically not even real people. <laughs> it's typically this <laughs> that's voice so that's in your head that's telling you, oh, this is what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> and it's informed by culture and it's informed by expectations and it's probably informed in some way by how you were parented, right? But it's like mm-hmm. it's all these different things going on, and and it's like you have to ask yourself if you're ever operating under the assumption of this is what I'm supposed to do. You have to ask yourself, says who? 
right? And so, okay, I, I'm going to let you get back to it now. It's like, what I would like to know now is if we were to distill that down. So you've got all these things that are going on, all these expectations that you're wearing that that you're supposed to be doing. If we were to distill that down into what are the fundamental blocks that you just like that you really need to attend to in this season and that you can't let burn, right? What are those things? Yeah. To close the loop on on, on what we just said though, before I move to that. So yeah. the realization I just had is I was trying to fit expectations into priorities. Dang, that's a good realization. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. This is, this is amazing. Okay. So what are the things I can't let, I have to spend more time un untethered time. So not answering emails on the phone, like doing things. I've got to spend more untethered time with my husband and my kids. That's okay. This is number one priority. Awesome. After that, when it comes to my job, which I love the, the number one thing I have to do in this season is being able to have strategic thinking time where I'm not expected to do what anyone else wants me to do. Like I've got to be able to breathe and read and have conversations like this and, and dive in more to the ways that I need to grow. And I don't know that that's going to look the same every week. I just need the time to be there, to be blocked out in sacred for it to be what it needs to be that week. Okay, very good. And then you also already said like the PhD is a priority right now, right? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> you say it sounds like you say that with a little bit of resentment. I, I'm just making sure. I, I'm literally taking notes right now. I'm I'm treating this like a coaching session. So I, lo- <laughs> I love it. It's been, honestly, it's been one of those things where I feel like every other week I'm asking myself, why am I doing this? Yeah. Because it is so, there's parts of it that are so draining. And then there's other parts of it that are exciting. Yeah. The actual getting to do my dissertation and doing research on what I want to do, that's very exciting to me. Hmm. The papers I have to write every other week is not exciting to me. So there, So I even ask myself, do I need this? Yeah, well, I I would never make that decision for you in a 45-minute <laughs> podcast, but what I would say is I cuz I struggle with this a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um there's two principles here, I think. Number 1 is you don't find fulfillment by compounding misery. Yeah. Right? So and I think we buy this idea that it's like, "Oh, if I put in enough consecutive seasons of being miserable, then one day I'll be fulfilled. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't think that that's true because I don't think there's any evidence of that in my life or in anyone else that I've observed, right. Actually playing out. Like I would meet people in college that, and you've probably met these people too, that, that I would talk to them and be like, how's school going? And be like, Oh, just awful. I just hate it so much. Be like, Oh, that's, that's not good. I'm so sorry. Well, what are you studying? What are you majoring in? Oh, I want to be a, I want to be a biomedical engineer. Okay. Awesome. Well, 
what classes are like, what classes do you hate? Oh, I just hate my biomedical engineering classes. It's like, well, (laughs) that doesn't seem like a very good strategy. Like, I mean, you're literally defining your life's course. And so there's that where it's like, don't do that, which it doesn't sound like you're doing that at all. And we don't find fulfillment by compounding misery, right? Like that's never going to work, right? You're never going to one day get a degree that makes you fulfilled in biomedical engineering. And at the same time, we all know uh, subconsciously, and a lot of us, especially if we're in the leadership world, consciously, there's value in optimal struggle voluntarily undertaken, mm-hmm. right? Like the exact right amount of struggle that that we take on because it is per, in pursuit of a worthwhile aim. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is that I can really toe the line of optimal struggle, Right. And, and I learned this, I, I love endurance sports, right? I, I've done 22 marathons now and, and two Ironman triathlons. And one of the things that you learn in endurance sports with regard to this topic of struggle is there's a difference between hurt and harm, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and we all look at the runner at the end of the marathon that's just like you can tell he's in so much pain and he's just grinding to the finish line and you can tell he's in pain, but he just keeps pushing forward. And then maybe he has that little bit of a final dash to him. And, and you see that guy and you just, you can't help but put your arms up and clap and just cheer him on and be like, that is awesome. I'm so inspired by that guy. Now pair that image with someone that literally is on the ground like with medical people all around them, but they keep crawling forward. Meanwhile, you know they have a family. You know that they have people that depend on them, but they're like not allowing medical people to attend to them because they're just trying to get to the finish line. And we don't look at that person and say, man, that's just so admirable, right? We say, that's dumb. You're hurting yourself. Your organs are literally shutting down. And so I think for anyone that's driven like you, as we're defining priorities and asking a big question, like this thing that I've been pursuing, is it worth pursuing? Number one, is it hurt or harm? Because I don't think God ever intends for us to harm ourselves. I think things may be struggle and I think they may hurt for a season. But then second, why am I doing it, right? What is the motive that it's rooted in? And if it's me getting a PhD for the sake of me getting a PhD, it's never going to be a good enough motive, right? right? If it's me getting a PhD so that I can more effectively serve others, that Mm -hmm. sounds like a pretty good motive, you know? Yeah. Well, and another question that I keep going back to as well is, would I feel the same way if I was freed up in other areas? If I had more space and time and less expectation, then how would that change it? Yeah. And I think that goes to a really practical exercise of, and it's related to that verse we talked about. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the highest possible ideal, what you're called to, and all these things will be added to you. It doesn't mean that you get to snap and the the, the ideal will happen overnight. Mm-hmm. But, but what if we just put our eyes on it? And so that's why I love – I think it was Michael Hyatt that first popularized it. But just the creation of an ideal week. And mm-hmm. not an ideal week that is informed by everything you are expected to do today – just literally an ideal week. Like if you closed your eyes and truly zoned out and said, man, if I've got 168 hours that I, as a blank canvas, that I could literally use however I want, 
but like number one, probably a lot of us would be like, okay, well, I'm on the beach with a margarita for all 160. <laughs> but then what you'll come to is you'll realize, okay, that's satisfying for about three weeks. And then after that, I'm ready to do something right. because it turns out that margarita and that beach have nothing to do with fulfillment. So once you get off the beach, then start to picture, okay, if I truly had a blank canvas, what would I do with my time? Mm-hmm. And Again, we're not going to be able to snap and make that happen, but I feel way better about you chasing a destination that you've clarified instead Mm -hmm. of just chasing a destination that is random and arbitrary because random and arbitrary, if you don't cast a vision for your time, other people's expectations will. Mm -hmm. And and like I think it, it is a responsibility but also an opportunity we all hold to cast a vision for where we want our time to go and we where we feel called for our time to go, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. So what are the – so for the listeners who have, who have gotten my coaching session. Yeah, I love they, it. <laughs> they've benefited some from it. But what are some of the – ways that you would encourage them to do that? Is it to sit down with a sheet of paper? Like how can this become something they implement today? Yeah, totally. uh, The first thing I would do is I think it would be good to do that ideal week exercise. And I would love for you to start by just sitting down and I, I'm a very ritualistic person. So anytime I do something that I want to have a greater degree of profundity and magnitude to it, I think of a couple different things, different space, different place, different pace, right? Mm-hmm. So go in a different room in your house, right? Or go to, you know, maybe you get an Airbnb for the day. Maybe you go on a retreat with your spouse. Maybe you just go to a coffee shop and do this, but, but go find a different environment because if you want to change the way you think, you should change the place that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. So different space, different place or yeah, different space, different place, right? Which we kind of just talked about and then different pace, right? You got to slow down. And, and what does the place look like? Well, I like, like lighting a candle or something like that. And I like praying to start off this exercise. And then I think one of the things that we pray about is God, um, like, where do you want my time to go in this season? What, like, where is my time supposed to be going in this season? And I would just put it in some buckets. And like, I did this a a handful of months ago. And what I realized is I had all these things going on. And I said, I'm going to zone out everything that I'm currently doing. I'm going to ask God, what am I supposed to be doing? And Mm -hmm. what I got from that was study and learn, create and share, serve and connect. And and those aren't super specific, but they are three really compelling buckets with regard to my work. Study and learn. I got to be growing in my craft. Create and share. I got to then be pouring out what's being learned and then serve and connect. People are the point, right? So So people are going to be a part of this. And then what I was able to do is I would say, okay, those are my three priorities. Now let's go into a blank Google calendar and just schedule those priorities. And I don't have to decide what makes those things happen right now, although I can. What I want to do is I just want to block time for study and learn, create and share, and serve and connect because those are the things that matter most. 
And so I create some blocks for those. And then I start saying, okay, well, how would I fill those blocks? And well, maybe study and learn. Uh, I do some podcast recordings for our podcast with interviews, with guests, kind of like what we're doing right now, where it's like, we literally do that. Yes. So it's, we can share with others, but it's also so I can learn from business leaders. I deeply respect and admire, right? So that's a study and learn. Maybe it's time to, to read and journal about what I'm learning right now. Maybe it's time to sit down and have a coffee with a mentor of mine, right? So mm-hmm. study and learn, serve and connect. Maybe I have an hour blocked off every week just to literally call customers randomly. And just to say, hey, I'm, I'm just checking in, just wanted to see how you're doing. Maybe yeah. you don't own a business. Maybe you just need to have an hour a week where you just call friends randomly, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? But it, again, I think we get so bogged down with being more productive. And if you're being productive in the wrong priorities, it really doesn't matter how productive you are. So prayerfully consider what your priorities are for this season in those overarching buckets and then design your calendar based on that. And the final thing I'll say on that too is um, like, I don't have kids. I don't even have a spouse right now. So this looks way different for me than it would for you. And I think still the principle rings true. Define your priorities and then make sure those priorities show up on your calendar is what you're saying. And um, the minute we say we can't do that because of the stage of life we're in, we're absolutely right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so if you put the limiting belief of, oh, I can't do that because X, Y, Z, you're correct. You can't. But the minute you decide what would it look like for me to do that? Well, mm-hmm. then the door of possibility instead of problem is opened. Mm. That is beautiful, Alex. It, I love it. I love how you backed into it. In my mind, you backed into it, but I think in reality, you you create you made it to where it's created going forward. What I've been doing wrong is I've been trying to fit what I know I need to get done into the priorities, yeah. and so now to which just there's a lot it. of books out there that would be like, yes, that's totally right. And it's like, no, it's not. That's totally wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I think I've heard this from other people. That's why I did it, I'm sure. So now I'm like, this is, so here's what I'm doing. Next week, my husband and I are going out of town, just us, the in-law or his parents are staying with the kids. And so we're going, we're going to Arizona, hiking, tons okay, of Okay, so this stuff. was already planned. I was like, did she just plan this right <laughs> now? Like, that's amazing. Right now, I was texting them. I mean, as I you were know I'm a little bit long winded, but she just literally <laughs> planned a trip during my answer. That's a little intense. No, this was already happening. Okay. But now, what I'm going to do is I'm I'm already taking off work. I'm already going to be in a different place, space, and pace. And so, what a great time to just reflect on everything we just talked about, and then look at what it looks like. For the end of the year, the you know last quarter, maybe even going into next year, what does it look like to have some different strategies and priorities and what that looks like? I'm excited. Yeah, I. Uh, that's so cool. I love that you're already taking action. I uh, there's a Abraham Lincoln quote, and I hope I don't bush, butcher it, but in in the height of the Civil War. Um, people would always kind of make statements like, don't you think God's on our side? Don't you think God, you know, the union or the Confederacy, Mm. don't you think God's on our side? And he made a very profound statement that said something to the effect of maybe we should spend less time asking about God being on our side and spend more time focusing on making sure we're on his. 
And the Civil War is a little bit of a bigger topic than our time leadership and time management. But I think the principle rings true. We keep asking God to bless the priorities that we set. Mm -hmm. What if we ask him to set our priorities Mm -hmm. and we say, what matters to you in this season? And then how do I get in on that? Mm-hmm. Um, because what I find is that when I effectively practice that, uh, not only do I experience success and the blessings associated with it, but way better, I experience fulfillment and contentment because I know I'm operating in what God has for me. And that's mm-hmm. what I want so bad for all of you is I want you to operate in what God has for you because that's way, way, way better than what you have for you. I guarantee it. Amen to that. Alex, tell our listeners about how they can sign up for your newsletter, which I think every single one of them should do because it's great. And just more about what you do, where we can connect with you, all the fun things. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, So the company is called Path for Growth. Our website is pathforgrowth.com. And as Kimberly has alluded to, we send out a weekly email called Worth It Wednesday um, because I personally hate email. And so we said, well, if we're going to send an email, let's make it one that's actually worth it, worth your time and worth your energy. So every Wednesday, we send a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. And we just have a ball writing those. So you can sign up for that at pathforgrowth.com. And that's where you can also access our podcast and everything else about our businesses as well, uh, pathforgrowth.com. So Kimberly, I'm just so grateful to you for having me on here. Like I said, I'm such a fan of what you're doing and the message that you're putting out on this podcast. So thank you so much for having me. I told you that this was a crazy, amazing episode. And Alex had so many amazing points throughout it. I personally took away so much from it that I'm going to begin to implement immediately. So let's go through what my key pies takeaways are from this episode. But of course, I would love to hear yours as well. First is that all of us are leaders. It does not matter where you are, what you do, or any of the things you've told yourself about what your capabilities or what not your capabilities have been in the past. You are a leader. When someone is depending on you, you are able to lead them. So lean into that, own that, and commit to grow in that leadership. The second key takeaway I have from this is that leaders are people that others are attracted to. And we can even view that through the pies. Alex kept saying that people want to gravitate towards great leaders. They do things to encourage others. That sounds a lot like what we talk about and teach when we talk about emotional attraction. When you evoke emotions within others, they enjoy feeling. That helps you to have influence on them, positive influence. It helps you to be able to lead them up to elevate them is one of the ways that Alex put it. So when you're focusing on your emotional attraction and the things that we talked about in this episode will help you do that, then it also helps you in being a great leader. And then the third takeaway that I have from this and that I'm immediately going to implement is looking at how I manage my time. As I said before, I was trying to fit my expectations into my priorities when really it should be totally different from that. So I encourage you to take out that sheet of paper, go to a new place, space, and pace, and really ask yourself, 
What is it that I want to be focusing on? What is it I should be focusing on? What is it that God is asking me to do or telling me to do during this next season of my life? And am I saying yes to those things? And then allow your schedule to be structured by what those priorities are, what the things are that God is asking you to do, or what those things are by what you feel welling up within you that you want to focus on during this next season of your life. I love it. I'm implementing it immediately. And again, I would love to hear what you took away from this episode as well. So be sure to go find me on Instagram at Kimberly Beam Holmes. Let me know what you thought of this episode and share it with someone who needs it because I know you know someone who does. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to follow It Starts With Attraction anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. The more positive reviews we get, the more positive change we can make for relationships and for individuals around the world. For show notes, updates, and the opportunity to join our email list for encouraging weekly strategies for you to become the best that you can be in all areas of your pies, go to piesuniversity.com. Again, that is piesuniversity.com. Keep working on your pies and always remember it starts with attraction. Attraction.